The following program was produced by a community producer. The content, views, and opinions expressed are the sole responsibility of the community producer and do not reflect Malden Access Television, the City of Malden, or your cable provider. MATV welcomes your comments. Call us at 781-321-6400 or email us at access at matv.org. Good evening, and welcome to Malden 02148. I'm your host this evening, Ed Lucy, and I have as my guest a family member, my son Greg, owner of the Lucy Insurance Agency on Eastern Avenue. Uh, if this was a Lions meeting, I'd have to pay a dollar fine for advertising, but uh, interesting enough, um, there's a lot that has happened in this course of this 2018, and we actually now 2019. I would like to make one public announcement when we start here, and that is for those people who, and there are still some who have a real tree for Christmas, uh, the city will do a pickup curb pickup on Christmas trees the, the week of the uh, January 7th. It'll be the same day as your regular trash pickup. And the request is you don't put them in plastic bags. You don't leave ornaments or other items on the tree or any kind of decorations. You just have the tree itself out, and the city, as part of this service, will pick it up. For you, those who um, forget it, to do it next week, then you still can bring them, your trees down to the, uh, the city's uh, uh, yard down there in Commercial Street. But the easiest thing to do is put it up with your rubbish the next week. So anyway, we that's my one announcement. Um, there are a lot of things that have happened this past two, 2018. Some of the things that are going on even now that are lapsing into 2019. One obviously is the uh, government shutdown. You, have you got a take on what's going on with that? No, I don't. But eventually they'll have to come to an agreement somehow. I don't know. They're coming at, at it from uh, such two different angles. I'm not sure who's going to blink first, but... Obviously, it's something that they've shut down the government before. Uh, now it's just a matter of uh, when they'll when they'll open it. But there's there's also the people. You know, people talk about the shutdown, but there's a lot of people affected by it. There's a lot of government workers that aren't getting paid, which isn't fair, and some still have to work. So they, those I, I I'm not sure how it quite works, but I would assume the ones that the uh, the employees that have to uh, work, say uh, the Secret Service and those, not everyone's affected by this shutdown. But I'm sure there's some people that will have to get paid once they uh, they're working now for nothing, but they'll get paid once the uh, government reopens. Well, the interesting thing is, uh, um, there was an article um, a while back um, on the history of shutdowns, and the, the, he, uh, the President Trump, has had one earlier in his administration. It was early in the year, in January. Three days, I yeah, think. It was uh, the longest one. I think is 18 days, and I think that was when President Clinton. Uh, had to sh had to show down with the, the Republicans when they came in, and they in, in two, I think it was 1994, and they came in with the the, uh, the, the contract with America kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, one thing that's it's hard to fathom. The first place, what happens is, like you just said, 
the people that are even working now that are required to work because whether they work at the airports or they work in secret service or they work for the security or the other facets of the government that where uh, it's important to keep going, they're not getting paid. Then there's other people who have been literally furloughed, but the history has been all those shutdowns that have happened in the past, the people that worked got paid because they worked. The people that got furloughed got paid. It does make a bit of sense it be, in the real, when you say, well, how does that impact people? Well, it certainly impact, impacts them this time of year because when you're trying to think about it, people uh, spend money anticipating Christmas. They do other things that are uh, out of the ordinary budget uh, this time of the year, and those bills come due. And if you don't have reserves and you anticipate your check coming in, and even in the government, there are people that literally live paycheck to paycheck. And most people don't have reserves. So the fact, the longer it goes, it's the people that didn't get paid last Friday or may not get paid, obviously won't get paid probably this Friday. So the more you get into it, the more tr trouble it's going to mean for a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, and th then when you steamroll that, because think about the people, uh, um, the, the surveys they've done, the, the, there's been more uh, money spent this year in, in shopping, which which has obviously been a big, a big benefit to whether it's Macy's or Amazon or all these other groups, but that uh, it would be on a on a regular basis, people get in the habit of going out to eat. Well, if you're not getting the check, you're not gonna you go out to eat. In some instances, there are expenses that you incur out of the ordinary that you don't anticipate, in, in which case, in some right now, you couldn't afford to pay the bills, and so. There's a rolling effect where you're not only affected because you're not getting paid, but people who have other businesses that would normally be dealing with you by you are being a, a, a buyer of something, or whether it was a commodity or a, or a department store or a, a entertainment, then you don't have the money to spend, so you don't go out you do those things. So they're affected. So it's far, far reaching more than just the government workers. Sure, it's a domino thing. And, and just to put things in perspective, when the government shut down, I believe it was three days, it was last January, and it was for a similar reason it is now, but just a different uh, thing that the president's looking for. Last January was because of the Dreamers. They couldn't get a... Um, they couldn't get come to an agreement on that situation, so the government shut down. This happens to be same type of thing, involved, you know, regarding immig immigration. But this time, it's for the for a wall that uh, the polls for the uh, for the population in in, in America it doesn't indicate the majority of people want the wall anyway. So I, I think it's it's a reach. Uh, I think he's 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 painted himself in a corner, kind yeah. of on this one. Um, he backed off the original. Uh, um, Agreement the Senate had to keep the government open until I think February, somewhat. That you know, yeah. so he was going to go with that until, you know, apparently some Fox commentators and uh, some of the conservative news outlets, uh, you know, chat was chastising him for it, say that that's something that he promised, that's something they wanted. So he went back and and now we sit 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 and sit sit down in a situation where there's a shutdown of the government over a, right now it's a five billion dollar funding for the wall, which I don't think they're going to give him. Well, they and uh, it's, it it almost seems to go from bad to worse because, as you said earlier, when that first incident occurred, they kind of postponed the, the problem by making an interim budget for a, a few weeks. And now he's he's publicly and adamantly said that he's not going to do anything until he gets that money. And he he thinks like he's buying a hotel somewhere where you you're playing hard nose with someone who has a mortgage payment to meet and he has to meet your terms. This is a different kind of situation, and it 
it doesn't speak well for what's the start of the new year. And it's obviously been re reflective in the kind of the volatility with the stock market, which uh, which is another whole story. So. Which, yeah, absolutely. Well, you, if you take credit, and I, I don't want this to be a bash Trump for an hour, because, number one, we should, you know, it, it, an hour wouldn't be enough if we, if we wanted to do it. But, you know, the stock market is, uh, you, you never hitch yourself when you're president to the stock market because it's volatile. And even though you know, some of the things you do, it does affect the stock market, but you're not the total reason. I mean, there's a global economy. There's all sorts of reasons why a stock market will be have its ups and downs, and it's going to have its ups and downs. So don't when it's when it's going good, don't hit your wagon to it because there's going to come a time when it's going to go down. So it's not as politically, it's just not a smart thing to do. Well, he yeah he was. He was boasting about it some months ago, but obviously December has been a ter terrible month for a lot of people who have uh, any kind of investment programs, uh, whether individual or, or in other pro groups, uh, employment or otherwise. And uh, But lately he hasn't mentioned much about the stock market, although he did say today it'll bounce back when they settle this business with the Chinese and with the tariffs. So well, I mean, he's always got another reason why it's going to happen manana. But but <laughs> I, you know, I have to say that... One of the things, and he probably during the midterms that they didn't use correctly was the economy. If there's one thing, you know, that you had going for you was the economy in, in, in the appearance of it was, you know, thriving. So, but they didn't use it correctly. Now you have the, the problem. I, I think at the, uh, there's going to, you know, in the stock market, it's a funny thing that people will say, well, the, you know, the, the Dow's up to, they give a number 25,000. Most people don't have stocks. We know what they do have is they have, you know, a 401k, they have investments. So, uh, what's going to happen in a couple of weeks from now, when everyone gets their 2018 401k statement, there's going to be a lot of disappointed people yeah. because it is, you know, it was one of those years that, it, you know, certainly wasn't uh, the, the whole past bunch of years. You get the 401k and geez, it's it's pretty good, you know. But 2018 wasn't a good year for 401ks, and people are going to see they're not going to be happy. Well, it wasn't a very good year for me, and I'm not a 401k. Well, you're a stock market player. <laughs> so, well. That brings us to another good news, bad news story, and that is uh, one one of the things that the administration took credit for was the tax reduction for income tax, and and, and there is that's true, depending on your income level and some other uh, issues, for instance, whether you itemize or you don't itemize. But one of the parts that was done differently this year was that since there was a reduction at the lower level, by that I mean the lower tier uh, uh, income earners, that. Um, there was a reduction in the rate of taxes charged for uh, adjustable gross income. And then they gave you a choice of either itemizing or a $12,000 blanket deduction, which for most people would be an advantage. But some of the benefit you got from that was when they reduced the, uh, the tax rate, they also reduced, because it was lower in 2018, they reduced the deductions. And so people were going to get a, were getting a raise on a weekly basis in their in their envelope, based on the changes in the tax law. But a lot of people, for a lot of different reasons, tended to overpay taxes, whether they did it intentionally or they overpaid because they were uh, were able to deduct at the, at the end of the year. So the result was, come uh, the middle of January or thereafter. All those bills they had accrued at Christmas or the other expenses you incur in the winter, like heating expenses or car insurance and that sort of thing, or winter clothes maybe, 
they would get the tax refund, and that's what they would use to kind of play catch-up. Well, this year what had happened is since they got some of that money on a weekly basis, which they just absorbed into their, into their purchasing ability, uh, they're going to find out if they used to several thousand dollars or a couple thousand dollar refund this uh, coming uh, January or February, it's going to be significantly less because they already got it every week. Well, that's my part two of the disappointing 2018 for folks. Yeah, yes. big, big, yeah, and a big and disappointment, and, and uh, maybe a difficult for people because it's just like in some ways of taking a pay cut of a thousand dollars at a wrong time of the year. And uh, so again, these people that have been relying on that as a as a, as a tradition uh, to allow the government to be their be their bank while they have the deductions taken out of their their wages, they'll find out that the the refund this year is going to be significantly less than they had in the years past. Yeah, and I mean, I took the approach. I, I I had I don't I didn't have a lot of faith in that tax cut. You know, they were selling it as you know the big beautiful tax cut. I think for well, the they big people. Saying, but it ended up, in reality, the big people got the tax cut. Yeah. You know, the people that go out for a living and work. And yeah. you might see, and I know myself, I saw a few more dollars in, in my paycheck every week. But, you know, in the end, uh, you know, when I fill out my 2018 taxes, not that I ever get a refund anyways, but I, I, I don't think it would be, it's going to be, as, you know, even what I have to pay. I think it will be more this year than I've paid in the past. Yeah, and, and uh, you're not alone again, and, and that's going to that, be yeah. a big, a big hit for people. But uh, that's sometimes those things that you think are, are uh, when they sell the message, they don't really give you the details. Well, you know that they—it's not that great of a thing when they didn't use it in November. I mean, they kind of dropped it from their, uh, you know, their selling points. You know, they in in. Once they do that, it, it, I, although the, he did say around the November elections they were working on a 10% middle income cut, but Congress wasn't in, even in session. This was about two or three days before the election, so that was just another another election uh, rhetoric. And it didn't work. Speaking of that, I think uh, when I was uh, doing the uh, watching the returns the election day in November, there was talk about about 30 seats maybe the re Democrats swung over. And um, apparently, a lot of those close elections, which was a shock even to the, the Democrats, that they won, mm. not expected to win. And the result is that uh, they ended up, I think there was about 40 seats that they, 40. they picked up. That's what the final number was, 40. Yeah, yeah. So that, again, um, was a, a large switch over. The midterm, usually the president in, op in office uh, has some uh, setback in, in terms of, of the the congressional elections, but this is a, a serious, big, serious difference this mm. year. Because I think we, when I was on your show, we did it the day after Wednesday after the election. I think we had around 25, 26 seats. Yeah, and it kept going and going. It yeah. kept on going up. Yeah. All those close, like you say, oh, look, a lot of those close elections, they end up uh, going for yeah. the Democrats. And uh, even though it's only two years into his administration, we had an announcement yesterday by our senator. Yes. Uh, of an exploratory committee. Well, that usually means they're running. That's right. Uh, and, and what's kind of ironic, you're running, uh, not technically uh, legally, but in reality, you're going to be a candidate for president, and you're not going to get sworn in until what, tomorrow or yeah. today? Well, it's, it's in, in, you know, I, I like political ads because some, some are better than others. And I thought the uh, deal who was running against her, I thought he had a great ad when he had the person that looked like Elizabeth Warren from the back with the thing and the way they ran getting the you know the bags out of the upstairs and running down the uh, running down the stairs into a cab or a car and the whole thing was you know she's more worried about 
the presidential election and the people of Senate. And I thought it was a pretty good ad. And she came out and said that she wasn't going to be a candidate. You know, she wasn't going to run for president. But it's like a lot of things that, you know, once the election's over and, you know, you're getting the call from all the people wanting you to run, you got to answer their call, I guess. Well, uh, Clinton said the same thing he when did. he ran for re-election re in um, Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah. And it didn't take him long to change his mind. But uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I saw for the first time there was a third candidate in that election for senator. He was a businessman here in Massachusetts. Don't remember his name, but he was his his, orig his origin was from India. And I was parking my car the other day on on the parking spot, and I happened to look at the car in front of me, and, and there was a little sticker on the back of the car, and it was uh, his picture and his name, and it said, "Vote for a real Indian." <laughs> and I mean, he, he didn't have any money, so obviously his. His campaign, although he did get some votes, but not a lot of votes. But again, getting back to what you just said, in the in election in November, Governor Baker, who had uh, opposition, uh, ended up with more votes than she did for re-election. And he's a Republican, and she's a Democrat. So mm. there's even in Massachusetts, there are some people who, for whatever reasons, they didn't vote for a Democrat for pres for governor, but they voted for. Baker, and maybe um, they left that blank or voted for uh, the, the, certainly the the, uh, the Republican candidate where they don't have about a 15% registration vote in the, the Commonwealth. He got more votes than that, but uh, and he ran an aggressive campaign. So. Yeah, the presidential election is still two years, two, two years away, but it's almost now the way politics are in that, that level. You, you do have to announce two years ahead of time. Yeah. The money you have to raise is astronomical. It's obscene. Um, yeah. I, I, I just feel... What will happen is right now there could be up to 20 names that are floating their names out there. Obviously, there's not going to be 20 to um, that are going to last. But you know, you'll sort it out, and I think they'll come up with a candidate um, that 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 will give whoever is on the Republican side, uh, you know, a good race. Do you know, do you have a name? I'm I'm, I'm wait and see attitude. Oh. I you know Elizabeth Warren wouldn't be my first choice now. I mean that that could change, but I think there's there'll be there'll be enough candidates that. There'll be some credible people that, you know, my whole issue is I want to know, I want to get somebody that could actually win the race. Yeah. The, um, you, you mentioned that. I think there were there was either 16 or 17 candidates in the Republican primary when they started. 17. And one of them was the former governor of New York, Pataki. And I can recall his coming on the stage at one of those forums. And they, and they didn't always get all of them. They would get 11 or 12. He, even the, uh, uh, President Trump didn't go to a mall. And he, he, he got the, it seems to me he, 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 he went to a, 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 a hastily arranged event to, to bypass one particular uh, forum. And it was supposedly to raise money for veterans. I remember, yeah. yeah. But anyway, but when the governor, former governor of New York, you'd say, gee, he's got a solid base. He's got a, he's got a track record. And he came on that stage, and I think when they were doing the polls, he would have about a 2% support level. And so what was happening was a lot of those 17 candidates, uh, they couldn't qualify to get into the to the real important kind of public forums that were coming up as you progress towards the primary because they didn't have enough of a, of a, of a standing among the polls uh, that were done to suggest that they're credible. So one by one, a lot of them just went by the wayside, partly... They didn't have a kind of an uh, energy level that that was contagious. They didn't have the money, or 
they just realized it's it's a, it was a futile effort, and, and they were probably told, look, you're not going to get anywhere, so why don't you just go by and support somebody else? But what's accepted now has changed, too. So you wonder, who, who, who comes out of the pack? Do you have to have this personality that's kind of abrasive, that's... Uh, you know, it's just changed what people will let you get away with. And if, the, if there's 16 or 17 people, it was like the Republicans in 2016, you know, I mean, the guy that ended up winning was the guy that people were talking about. He got the free media, he got, he got a lot of things, and he was able to pick them off one by one. Does that happen again? Because I, I think the idea, the ideal candidate, which you would think presidential candidate, if you, if you look at someone that looked presidential, acted presidential, uh, is that the candidate anymore? You, you just don't know. They're talking about Oprah, Oprah Winfrey's. They're talking about celebrities. Is, is that what we really come down to? Well, of course, some of that may go to the uh, reality that it costs so much money to get broad-based recognition that uh, even if you were a credible candidate, to sell yourself to the public, uh, you, number one, you have to start very early, which the people could be doing now, but also you have to be in a position where you can broad-based uh, support across the country in order to get that high-profile required. And he had that, not so much, obviously, from politics, but from his public mm. and private life. And and yet still, uh, he he is uh, to, he'd be a great study in years to come because he is a unique candidate in that uh, so often when you look back in history about people running for president, and they make one slip, whether it was uh, Romney's father being brainwashed in, in uh, when he went to Vietnam or uh, Ed Muskie when he was in New Hampshire and he supposedly he said it was snowflakes on his face and they said he was tears because yeah. he was talking about his wife. One slip, and it obviously lost credibility as a, as a prospective candidate. And in uh, the current president's uh, situation, there were things with uh, whether it was the— um, the Muslim that lost their son and the, the reference he made to McCain, you yeah. go on and on and it's on. It's change. You see, how can people uh, digest all of that and say he's our guy? But they did, and they, he, he was, that's how unique he is, and, and uh, we, we, time will tell. But I would, I would think um, with some of the things that are going on, uh, he, though he still has his base, um, before it was in the high 30s. I'm not convinced it's that high now. No, the base isn't enough, though, because yeah. it's still a minority. So if people go out and vote... You know, if if he ends up making it limping to 2020, if he survives all the stuff that's going to happen in 2019, which is it's it, that's why I think 2019 is going to be crazier than 2018, but it's going to be more interesting too because I think a lot of things are going to be finalized, and I, I I think the Mueller report means something. I think it's going to count for something once it comes out, and I think it's not that far away, a few months maybe from coming out. Um, you know, all these people around him, whether it's your campaign manager, your, your uh, you know, Flynn or, uh, you know, Cohen, they all have Russian ties or they have these other ties. You can't tell me that all these people working for you are involved with all these things and you're not. Um, you know, he comes from New York where for probably 40 years he got away with a lot of stuff. He's in, he's in a, the, the, the building and trades and the taxes and, taxes and the building. Tax returns, you, you know, yeah. you have to get zoning laws. You have, you know, he must be... He probably jumped through a lot of hoops. He's dealing with uh, the not exactly Boy Scouts in New York with these buildings and these unions. And, um, you know, they, I think they'll get the tax returns. I think the tax returns is going to tell a lot of things. It's going to tell where he gets his money from and why he makes some of the decisions what that he's making now or when he was campaigning, so, yeah. especially in regards to Russia and some of these other countries. 
I, I listened, uh, I don't know how many other people did, but Fox News last night had it, and it ran on and on. I didn't realize it was going to run that long. Scandals. And it was really a history of the Clintons last night. And it ran, I think it must have been on three hours. It just well, went, Fox, of it, course. It, it went on and on. But anyway, <laughs> it started with the white water and on and, and the travel bureau and whatever else. And, 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 and as you progress through the years, uh, he's another person that... Um, had a, had a lot of things that went on in his uh, experience in, as a public figure that in, in most instances would have been overwhelming for most people to survive. And yet politically, whether it was in Arkansas or when he got to Washington, and uh, what he was able to, to uh, tough it out, it was just amazing. There was all sorts of personal scandals, of course, but more important than that, if you look back, even in the, even years before when he first was become a formidable Political f uh, person in, in Arkansas, he had baggage, and 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 over the years that baggage kept adding. The baggage got bigger, and his wife wasn't far behind. And yet, you know, she's uh, she she made a, uh, a, a transfer to New York, and all of a sudden she was a candidate for United States senator and elective and very effective when she got when she got elected and became a secretary of state. And again, with all this. Personal shortcoming. She was a. She did a good job even there, and yet, um, I, I think the the the, uh, the results of what happened in the 2016 was was kind of a, a forewarning. Eight years earlier, when o when Obama came from nowhere to, to get to get the nomination, and so maybe she even had in the minds of the voting public so many things that had happened in the course of the way she had operated and, and, and the two of them together that she got, as he said when he ran, you get two for one. Well, that can work in reverse. You, you know, I actually cringe a little bit when I hear her name, even even in the uh, softest way from running in 2020, I yeah. cringe. I said, well, she no. is a, she's in the weeds, you know. No, she a, can't. She can't. You <laughs> say, who knows, right? But yeah. she couldn't. She no. just couldn't. But... Um, We'll see. Do you think the Republicans now? It's it's hard for a Republican uh, to challenge him. Uh, I mean, he seems to have the party locked up. Which, interesting enough, I, I was looking at him the other day. This is what this is interesting about him. It's not really. I mean, he's a Republican, but not really. He's been a, on the, in the Reform Party in the late '90s. He tried tried to get the presidency then when they were they were running right. He's been a Democrat. Right. In his in as recent as 2012, he was an Independent. Okay. So okay, so you know, obviously the Republican label that he's using, it's not a philosophy that he has. So he's a hard guy to pin down because you know, to me, his philosophy isn't anything with the with Republicanism. It's it's whatever's good for Donald Trump, and you know, he has no obligation to that party. He just wears the label. I mean, you know, this is his fourth. Uh, Fourth, fourth political party that he's been affiliated with. And he's been pro-choice and pro-life. Pro yeah, so, <laughs> so philosophy-wise, he doesn't have any, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. Do, do, does he get a Republican challenger? Well, I, um, I'm not putting him on the spot, but I had Michael Goldman as a guest here last year, early in the year, and he predicted at that time that he wouldn't be president in July of this year. He yeah, but he, he predicted he wouldn't be president in 2016. He never. Michael said he'd never win the election. I remember I yeah. talked to him a couple of days before the election. Yeah. Well, after he won, now he said that. He, 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 and and I respect uh, Michael. I think he's very bright, and he's a, he's a fun guy to talk to. Yeah. I think there's, you know, there's always a possibility that he might not run again. You know, things happen, whether they're, he's forced out because of the, the investigations or, or, or some of the other things that come up. And, you know, they mentioned again on TV that the, there's unique uh, privilege allowed, allocated to the Congress that they can request tax returns from uh, 
the IRS, and, and, and he never produced his, and there have even been talks since then in some states not to allow a person on the ballot unless they disclose the tax well, return. And, and Richard Neal's the head of the Ways and Means, and it has to come from Richard Neal, who's, who's a congressman out in Springfield way. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure if that happens, which he said he's going to, um, to, get, to get him, I'm sure what ends up happening, you, you fight it. And it probably ends up before the Supreme Court, I would think. He'll, he'll, they'll be busy just handling all his <laughs> cases. But before we leave Elizabeth Warren, two things I'd just like to touch on. One was yesterday, um, she had that picture with her husband and the dog. Now, the dog Didn't is six it. months old. The, do the dog, they said, now, I, I, I just wonder whether that's, was that a proper thing that, or she'd been a dog person? Because I would find it hard to think that someone that they're of their age and the busy lifestyle that they have that dogs would be a priority in their home, other than giving us giving her that human touch. Well, being a dog owner, and my wife and my son will attest to this, it's a lot of work. Yes. So, you, you know, it, sometimes you work your schedule around the dog. You make sure the dog gets out, make sure, make sure it gets fed. Even if you go away for a night, you got to make sure someone cares for the dog. you got to put the dog away. She's going today, I think. Yeah, it's, it's tough to own, a, yeah. to own an animal. The second the second thing on that, uh, well, there was actually another one, but this, the other thing I know. When they show the husband walking the dog, and I'm not any expert on body language, but he had the leash in his left hand, and he had his other hand in his pocket. And I would think, gee, if you're walking a dog, sometimes they stray to the right. You have to, you know, really have your hand ready to, to grab the, uh, extend the leash to, for the convenience of the dog. I thought it was rather odd whether um, am I doing this for the cameras or doing it because of my dog. The other thing... It showed her drinking a bottle of beer. She had a, some sort of a uh, stream thing that she did on TV. Have you seen that with her drinking a bottle of beer? No. No, not even the glass and often went to, a, I think it was her husband because it didn't show him. And then she takes a swig. And I don't think that's kind of Elizabeth's style. Well, the, swinging beer out of a bottle. You know, <laughs> you, you have to give it. She out of all the people that's running. Number one, she has name and rec recognition. Yes. Number two, she does have a following outside of Massachusetts. Yes. And three, she can raise some money. And I and I have to say that I saw the other day where one of the knocks on her is she's she's aloof and not personal. And I I've met her once, and I have to say I found her unbelievable accommodating yeah it was at the high school and she couldn't have been friendlier take the one you know take a picture just with me and her and there was a lot of people there but she was very personable very likable and i actually changed my opinion of her that day once i saw that because yeah. to me i'm saying geez if she's out campaigning and she's campaigning like this i think people will take a different look at her yeah well one thing if you're talking to her again suggest you get a better wardrobe she 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 has right. no fashion sense at all she wears the same style clothes all the time and i don't think it, it uh, well, i wouldn't be one to do that but you wouldn't want to do that okay well anyway that's that's uh um, that's my question does someone run on the republican side does flake or or, or one of Kasich or uh, romney made a statement i was surprised he made the statement he did yesterday that's yeah. interesting yeah i mean he hadn't even been sworn in yet and you, you know he took issue with trump and trump being trump he felt he had to respond yeah um yeah. I don't know. Usually those guys yeah. do things for reasons. Yeah, well, I'm actually, John Kasich, I think, handled himself extremely well in that, in that primary effort that, uh, to, to when he was trying to be nominated by the Republicans. He, I think he was one of the few people that among the, that large group that contrasted enough with Trump to give people a choice. It just was that for whatever reason, and, and maybe some of it is that he's a bit of a conservative, but he's not, he's not a, a right 
conservative. He tends to be more towards uh, the center, but not not at the center. And I think he he seems to have done a decent job in in uh, in Ohio. I think he projects very positively, but uh, for whatever reason, he he you know he won a couple of primaries, one Ohio, one one other one, I think. But after that, he just ran out of. Oh, gas. It was hot at that point. I mean, yeah, but Trump won them all anyway, yeah, really. So, yeah, yeah. but he he you know I give him his credit that the Republican convention was in Ohio, yeah. in Cleveland. He didn't even go to it. Yeah, he didn't roll over. You know, yeah. he had disagreements with Trump yeah. and how yeah. he behaved and yeah. how he acted. And uh, he stuck to his guns, unlike some of these other, you know, people that Trump was very unkind to. And I, I know sometimes you have to kind of bury the hatchet a little bit, yeah. but he was unkind and touched touched on topics that you would say to yourself, why? So, so okay, you can kind of forgive him and work from, but geez, to endorse him or go out and campaign from him, I, I just won't understand that. Yeah, well, and, and, and as a, as an extension of that, the only the only people in the Senate. That spoke as individuals, uh, separate from some of the issues that came up on a regular basis in Washington, are the three Republicans who weren't running for re-election. Yeah. So they weren't dependent on on the Republicans at home, nor were they dependent on the uh, the Republican uh, uh, National Committee. They just made their mind up at that point, whether you're from Arizona or Kentucky or wherever, that you weren't with them. And and uh, they didn't criticize them in the, to the level that. Oh, Romney did, but and and that with Romney is a kind of interesting. He's just going into office, mm. so. Uh, but he did indicate again he wasn't seeking to uh, consider, you know, as a candidate in two thousand and twenty. We know that doesn't mean much. No, it doesn't. I'm, I'm just I'm just thinking on the Republican side because because we don't know what will happen. Uh, do do you go into a primary? Do you do you try to primary him in case he doesn't finish the term or he doesn't run for reelection? All of a sudden, you got a, le- a little heads up. At least you've been out there. Yeah. One thing I noticed, I mean, to get back to that, uh, the present um, shutdown of government, when they had that, and they've, they've replayed it on uh, on television numerous times, they had uh, Nancy Pelosi and the Senate, Schumer, mm-hmm. and, and Trump had a meeting. And Trump's talking, but the senator is looking at Nancy. He's not looking at. He never looked at the at the president. It was kind of weird. Looking I at the crowd, the uh, reporters too. You know, when oh, he turned to him, okay, uh, it's his shutdown. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well. Anyway. Okay. Um, the um, as, as kind of a, a switch now. Uh, you got any picks for the Super Bowl, the Patriots? Uh, how do you think? I think the Patriots might struggle a little bit, but you know how how their history goes. Sometimes they luck out. I mean, now they're talking about oh, good. They got the home field. Too bad that Miami crazy play in the end, or else they would have a home home yeah. field advantage because they really need it. Uh, so, but they're saying, hey, Kansas City, they lose the round, and then the the, the game ends up in Foxborough, any, anyways. Who knows? Well, well, the, uh, the, the, what is it with uh, of all the teams that the Patriots play? They have such a poor uh, track record with Miami, in Miami particularly, obviously. That, but uh, as weird as that game was, it was. I thought it was weirder two years ago when they lost the game and lost the the advantage of. Uh, the, the home field because they lost to Miami. Yeah. And the thing here with Miami, the next week they go to Buffalo and they get beat up. Yeah, I mean, they were off a little bit this year. You could see, I mean, something Gronk isn't right. He yeah. just doesn't seem to have any kind of quickness at all, and that might be why he's not catching any passes. Maybe he can't get open. But even when he he catches the ball, it's not like he was before where he, he actually had a lot of speed. Although he did make a catch last Sunday that was typical Gronk. He kind of running and he catches it by, doesn't miss a beat. You know, he's running and he catches I it by that. his ankles. Yeah. You know, really amazing hands for a guy his size. But, you know, their defense is slow. I, if they play some of these other teams, if they play in New Orleans or uh, the Rams or Kansas City, uh, they'd have a tough, tough go of it, yeah. I think. 
You never know. Yeah, the, uh, I think the prediction consensus might be that it'll be New Orleans and Kansas City in the final. That's how it looks. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the Bruins, you follow them? That's one sport I don't follow. Uh, I don't either. Yeah, <laughs> so we can't yeah. talk about them. Yeah. But they have their ups and downs. And the Celtics have their ups and downs. Yeah. They win some and they lose some, but they don't seem to be doing as well as they should against good teams. Yeah, they hope, hopefully they gel a little bit better. Uh, Gordon Haywood hasn't been quite the – you know, the money they laid out for him, and last year we didn't get to see him because he got hurt in the first game. But, you know, they laid out a lot of money. He doesn't seem to be – unless things change a little bit, or maybe it takes time to get back in the groove because he did miss a year. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it warrants the money that they paid him. Yeah. No, in fact, that's uh, th- th- that was kind of what they said. Well, we get him back, will we really be uh, – the top team in the division, and and uh, and they he, may still end up that way, yeah. but you know they also you know they have some guy they have to sign sign Kyrie after this year, and they have these, some of these young guys Brown and Tatum. You know their day will uh, come where they got to pay yeah, them. Yeah. Uh, Horford's up Horford's up this year actually, so they're going to make a decision on him. Well, he seems to want to stay. He wants to stay, but you know they all yeah. want to stay, but you'd have to come up with the money. And, and there's not a about but Mo Vaughn said it's not about the money. Oh, yeah, yeah, but they, there's a salary cap they have to do too. And you, it's it's going to be like the Red Sox. They're not going to be able to pay all the all these players that they have because yeah. they just can't afford it. Yeah, I um, no salary cap, but they have that that yeah. that penalty if you go over, you know, the amount you get taxed. And it's, tax. Yeah, it's very yeah. expensive. Yeah. Well, the Red Sox are in pretty good shape, I think, for another year or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, we. Uh, 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 switching back to elections, uh, we got a we got a city election this year. We do, we do. I think about that a little bit. So wondering if there'll be any races. I'm not so sure there will. Well, um, to start with, um, uh, I don't hear of anybody. The mayor's up for. Uh, up. It's hard. I mean, it's it's if you look at say uh, someone, I don't see anyone on the council challenging him or, or you know put up. You know, there may be one or two that may be thinking about it, but. I, I don't put any credibility into that until you you get the you get your signatures you're on the ballot. It's easy to float your name out there and all of a sudden you know it's it's kind of a prestige thing or maybe a uh, ego thing. People talking about you running for mayor, but are you really going to run for mayor? Can you? I, I don't see any having the organization organizational behind them. I don't see as someone that would have to raise the amount of money against incumbent mayor, which. You know, the way it looks, not, there's not that many people mad at them. You know, the unions, there's no problems. Or they, their contracts are up this year, but it doesn't seem any. The, the last city budget, you know, it flew. I never saw such a, a budget that there was no, you know, the budget passed with no no controversies, no one getting laid off, no cuts. Uh, really amazing. So he, yeah. he'd be tough to beat. They'll be opening City Hall, uh, city hall next year. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was a big thing. You know, they got the police station. He can put together a resume that... I just can't see someone challenging him. I, I don't think people are angry at anything. Uh, uh, the biggest complaint I hear about the mayor is that he picks papers up. Well, so what, he wants the city clean. Is that all you got? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, <laughs> really, if you think yeah. about it. So yeah. I, I just don't, and, and there's no, there's no, I just don't see a, someone, say, on the council that, that would be able to challenge that. I don't, there's not a name that's well-known in the city enough and be able to do the things, especially the organization part. I mean, you ran for mayor. You know, especially that first time, you know what it was. So, you, you know, you're the campaign office. You had to have people. And that was staff. an open seat. That so was an open was, seat. Yeah. But it was that that was probably the last real good election in the city. Yeah. That you can, I mean, two yeah. different candidates. It was an open seat. Uh, people voted more back then. But I think there was only about 50% vote in that election, right? Yes. That, and, and that was high. And that was high. But you figure for mayor for a city, open seat, two, and it was, that campaign was active. I mean, yeah. there was activity all over the place. Yeah. And you still only have fifty percent of the people vote. 
Well, they only vote. They only uh, how to get more than that for the national for the state election. Yeah, you get seventy yeah, percent yeah. for the federal, but uh, yeah. So to answer your question, I I know I hear a, a name uh, or two. I'm not taking it serious, and I don't put the names out there because I don't think they're seriously. I, I don't. In the end, yeah. when push comes to shove, and you think of what it would take to win an election like that. I, I don't think there's someone out there that can beat them. Yeah, if you don't have the unions against you and you, you and you haven't staked out a position against the administration, that when it comes time to to uh, campaign, what are you going to run on? The, exactly. You, there was a, there was one election prior to my being mayor. We were friends of the then mayor. Conway was the mayor at the time. Jim Conway was, and someone that he was fairly socially and politically friendly with, ran for mayor. And uh, some of the things, the rebuttal that the, that the mayor made at that time was, well, we, he agreed with me 99% of the time. Where, where are the issues here? And, the, and that uh, made, whether it would have made any difference in the final analysis, I don't know about that. But the, the fact of the matter was he didn't have a, an alternative plan that would, would appeal to people because it really wasn't one. It was just a, whatever, for whatever reason he decided to run. And uh, it ended up he didn't win. Yeah, and I remember when uh, when Conway, I don't know what election it was, uh, they went up in the water bills or the sewers taxes. So it was a big issue, yeah. or vice versa. <coughs> Conway coming back against Fallon or Fallon the first time against Conway, that was a big issue. So they, you know, people they they stood at the polls with the signs and said, mention the sewer tax. So the and people were angry about that, right? So it was something. That, at least there was one issue you could run on and make a case, and you get people to support you. I think now you look at it, people, okay, people were complaining about the high-rises in the, the city. A lot of that stuff's not the mayor's fault. That was on the blueprints before he was even elected mayor. Those those things don't, they don't stop building those the next day. I mean, a lot of times they're years going through the process with the planning board so the, the you know, so it's already in place. So I just don't see, I, I just don't see it. I, I, I don't see it. No, I, uh, it would, it would have, again, it, there's less time to prepare for that election than it is for the for the presidential, and now the presidential is being being prepared for two years ahead of time. Yeah. Literally, I mean, if someone was serious about running for mayor, they should have been working a few months back. Yeah, uh, and, and if they do, I mean, if if someone does run, I think it'd be a situation where sometimes you 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 don't you may think you're you know people are noticing you or you know I'm doing a great job on a Tuesday night. But most people aren't following it. They don't know you, and it's a big city. People aren't going to know your name. They're not going to know you as much as you think. And if someone decides to run, they're going to be sitting there in, in, in May or June saying, what am I get myself into? How many more months do I got left? It's a long, drawn-out campaign, and it gets very discouraging. Yeah. Speaking about the building, I've noticed in both Melrose and even more in Wakefield, a lot of high-rise kinds of property being built, and they're, build, they're being built on what I would seem to me relatively small lots, and uh, they must be giving out variances. And I'm thinking it used to be when you thought about Melrose and particularly more even Wakefield, it's kind of a bedroom community. Yeah, that's how and, I would and, think of it. And, you know, you got fairly good-sized lots, and you don't have a lot of industri industry uh, floating around. And uh, there is one area in Wakefield to do, and Melrose doesn't have much at all. But it just seems to me driving around, I say, gee, there's, there's another 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 building going up, another building going up, and and sometimes they they put one up in Melrose just over the Malden line, uh, where the, the footprint of the building seems to be the sidewalk and with very little packing at all. And I said to myself, gee, that isn't the Melrose that I used to know. So mm. I guess it's regardless of where you are, land is a premium, and they build up instead of out. So. Mm. Uh, 
they're going to get crowded too. I think Marlins hit the limit. I, I think even the you know everyone in the city knows that that the uh, people they really don't want any more building. Let's see what you know after everything's built in and around the square. See what it all means to you know all the problems that it could bring. So I don't think you'll see any big buildings. I don't think there's any more anywhere else to put them. Uh, the hospital property. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good luck with that one. <laughs> The issue that wouldn't go away. Yeah. <laughs> it won't what's, go away. What's the, as your friend Peter Levine talks about that, the building that would swallow oh, that's, balls? Oh, that's with. the City Hall, yeah. yeah. How do you think that's going to work out when they finally are in a position to open City Hall and get uh, consolidate the people back in one location and uh, uh, go from there? I think it will work out. I, yeah. I, I think they did a phenomenal job what they did. Um, you know, even if it was two separate buildings, people – it took a while for some people to get used to, okay, the treasurer's office is over here and, you know, someone else might be here. But, you know, given what they needed to do, there's always inconvenience. Yeah. And um, I, I think they did a phenomenal job at it. Yeah. I'd, I'd be happy with just leaving it like this if they didn't even have the condominium in the new building. Well, I think a lot of the staff would rather leave it like the way it is. You get comfortable, right? Yeah. You get comfortable, and it takes a while, especially if you work in a place. Yeah. If they move you in another place, it takes a little while. Okay, your pencils are over here, or this may be here. But once you get used to it, you say, yeah, this isn't bad. Yeah. I can live with this, and that's that's how it is. And then you don't want to pick up and move. No one likes change. Yeah, and they own 110 Pleasant Street. They do. They own the building all right, which they, I, from what I understand, no matter what happens, they're not. They're going to keep that. because. Oh, they're, they're going to keep it? Uh, that's my understanding. I mean, yeah. uh, they, we've, we've sold everything we've, we've owned, so we have nothing else. So we do need to keep something yeah. for a rainy yeah. day. Well, yeah. Uh, local elections, uh, interesting enough. I saw an article in the paper. I don't know if you've been aware of it or not. It just happened, I think, yesterday that um, the um, when Mayor Dolan left Melrose, that the council appointed an, an interim mayor, and the person who uh, was appointed from the council indicated that she was just going to serve the rest of the term and not run for election. As a, she didn't uh, change her mind, did she? No, no. Well, she, she hasn't changed her mind as of yesterday, but in, in the meantime, Paul Broder was— Well, Paul Broder, admit, yeah, I saw that. Oh, you did? Okay, so he's looking at it, and, uh, that you know, there's a domino thing that uh, sometimes when a vacancy happens in politics and someone runs, that it, they, they mean they vacate an office and there's other people run for that, and all of a sudden you get a whole bunch of people playing musical chairs. Do you think it's feasible at all, hypothetically, if Paul were to run— and he would very, be a very formidable candidate in Melrose. Be tough to beat. And it could very well be that maybe it, it, uh, it could happen that he'd win easily. But in any event, assuming he did win, then the state rep seat would be vacant. And he, for, for those of you who aren't aware of it, but Paul, although he lives in, and re resides in uh, Melrose and is basically a Melrose seat, he also represents a small part of Wakefield, and he also represents Ward 5-2, which is Forestdale in Malden. Uh, do you think it is it's, if that seat would open as a rep, you might get a, a lot of interest in Melrose off the council or whatever? And if you had three or four or two or three credible candidates in Melrose running, you'd think it's possible they want five two candidates. That'd be hard. Huh? It's such a small piece of the. But, it'd be hard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could. I, I can see. Uh, I can see interest in Melrose. Yeah. I can see someone say, like Sam Hammer. Yeah. For instance, you oh know, yes, you lose the Senate. You you get a pre pretty decent votes against Jason in the primary. Now you yeah. got a little bit of name for yourself. I I now she's not on any, on the city council Melrose, but I I think she would have to look at it. Yeah, and I think you'd get people on the, a couple of councils look at it. 
Well, gee, look at the mayor's thing and the rep thing. Oh, the rep thing. Oh, the rep thing, yeah. And you, it, it would be, I don't know what 5-2 constitutes in terms of the percentage, but for one precinct, it'd be high. You'd have to have, and a lot of times in politics, it's luck, too. Yeah. You get in, in, in we've seen elections, although I shouldn't say it couldn't be done. We've seen elections where there's been a whole bunch of candidates and you split the vote. And, and someone wins, you say, geez, if they took that, that person took off any, took on any one of those one-on-one, wouldn't have beat any of them. But because there were so many candidates running, I suppose anything's possible. Yeah. Difficult, but possible. Yeah. But you'd have to be a, a candidate from one five two is very credible. Yeah. You, I mean, you'd have to have a name. You'd have to get a huge vote in five two, which if the right candidate could. Yeah. Hey, then if you know some people in Melrose, and if you know yeah. it can, you know, fish out a few people in Wakefield, Wakefield. <laughs> you know, you could probably pull it off. It, but yeah. it'd be hard. It'd be yeah. it'd be difficult. Yeah. It would certainly. You uh, need a lot of candidates running, and a lot of people. You know, no no fringe candidate, but candidates that could yeah. just put the vote in Melrose. Yeah, the Sammy Hammer, uh, who, who was really Samantha, and I didn't know that till I met her at a uh, an event here in Malden when she was running for state senator, and very personal, very credible, yeah. and I think she she did a. Uh, you got a decent vote. Although now, now that I think of it, there's another woman that ran uh, in Melrose for state senator too. Sammy, uh, uh, she uh, ran for something else, didn't she? Uh, Madero's, but she's a Republican. Oh, because they're not partisan elections, so maybe it doesn't count as much. Oh, well, I'm talking. You're talking for mayor for the, the oh, state. Oh, well, state well I'm rep. talking about mayor, but I mean, uh, yeah, she, yeah, she'd be a mayor possibility, but she also could yeah, be. Yeah, the she'd have rep. to stick. To, yeah, she, I, I think. Well, who knows? I don't. I don't yeah. Well, Melrose has changed a lot. The, yeah. You know, one time like you said you said it, you considered a bedroom community. Yeah. One time I considered like a, a Republican community, which and it was, which it was, but yeah. it's not any longer. Yeah. I mean, they, they, it's it's heavily Democratic. The demographic, demographic, yeah. demographics yeah. has yeah. changed a lot. Yeah. A lot of young families. Do you hear much from people? You, you mentioned an issue. How about the traffic problem in Malden? I, I sometimes am out in the afternoon driving around, whether it's Salem Street, Eastern Avenue, it's Malden Square area. It's, it's, it's Driving, getting anywhere from one place to another, is, it's even worse in the morning. Yeah, it could be worse. It could be Everett. What is it? Uh, it could be worse. It could be Everett. Yeah, I find Everett. I I, I stay away from Broadway and yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's difficult. There's a lot of traffic, especially in the morning. But you have yeah. schools going on. I mean, you got people going to work. Yeah. Um, if you if you went say from where, where we are on Eastern Ave to say if you want to get up to 93, it would take 20 minutes. To, you know, if you went at 2:30, it would take 20 minutes to get across the city to get up on the Fells Way to go get to 93. Yeah. You know, so that's a that's a problem. I've sometimes debated whether go go that way, like you said, over the Fells Way, go up to p- pick up ninety three in Wakefield. I don't know if any that's any that might be just as good to get there as it is to go to Stoneham to get on ninety three because yeah, it uh, could be. Uh, uh, that's why I always say I love my little Malden to Malden commute. <laughs> you know, I hear people complain all the time about when they have to drive to work and they never know you get an accident in the road, slow down, takes forever. It takes me five minutes. So. Well, uh, I I uh, I'm on the on the road sometimes in the afternoon, and and I I'm astounded when you when you look at 128 every afternoon. It used to be like towards the end of the week, two o'clock in the afternoon is clogged traffic, and and 128 especially. But even 93, so many people going back and forth to New Hampshire. They they live there, but they work in Massachusetts, and obviously. You have the traffic down here going in the morning, and you, they go back up at home in the afternoons, and it's it's 
bumper to bumper, and it's particularly a problem when there's any kind of road construction. And sometimes when you're on the AM 10, excuse me, the 1030, they give you the traffic report, and they say, you know, there's an action. One bad spot always seems to be Lynn Street and Malden. Mm. Whether there's access there or it's just it plugged up. But there's always road construction everywhere. Yeah, I mean. and I think that, uh, unfortunately, what it is is that uh, the cars keep getting added to the roads and, there's, and the roads don't get any wider, and the result is it's, it's going to get worse before it's going to get better. I mean, everyone has a car now. Everyone has a car. You, you have families. I remember growing up, you had one car. Yeah. Right now you have a kid. You have kids get licenses, and I'm guilty as anybody. Yeah. You have to get a car. I mean, before there was no that way. So you have all these cars and drivers and um, just one car, maybe. Yeah. 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 The um, we're getting near the end of um, uh, the six month period for the for the gas company. They were supposed to meet today. Where they went? There's progress made today. Yeah, I I, I think there's some progress made. They just I think th- it. it I'm surprised that it's lasted as long as it has. I, I, you know, the company obviously has drawn the line in the sand, and they're not, they're not going over. It. And they've had other unions that I guess that have agreed to what they want this particular union to get. So, once, once, one union gets it, it makes it harder for the other union to say no because they've had someone accept it. But, uh, you know, they come to an agreement. I, and I, I don't know the real, the, the, the real issues uh, totally, but. I think it's more or less the guys that are there now. I don't think it's going to affect. It's the, probably the younger guys coming up, maybe. Yeah. Well, or the new employees. New employees. Yeah. Well, um, just to state my own opinion, separate from yours, from the station, or from everybody else, the governor just signed that bill for the unemployment benefits for the uh, for the, the and it was specifically tailored the law the way it's been written. Although they can bend it, I think, and reinterpret it at a later date or, re- or amend it. But it was only for the benefit of, I think there's about 1,200 people 1200. who work for the gas yeah. company. And uh, uh, number one is I don't think it was the right thing to do to vote for it. Politically, it was, it was obviously good because you don't want to get the unions mad at you. But the reality is to, to, to single out one union group to get the benefit of something like that, I, uh, number one, it's, in, in, it's kind of uh, infringing on management and, and the union negotiations by uh, putting that out. It sets a precedent which I don't think is right. And and the ironic part about it is, even though they're trying to help the workers, the, the fact is that that fund is paid for by the employees with the payroll uh, that they have. So management is paying for the extension if, if it's needed. They're not quite at the six-month period yet. The other f- aspect that I find very hard to fathom is that uh, – the uh, there's two uh, exits and entrances for the property, one on Charles Street for the gas company and one on Commercial Street. And again, I'm, this is my own opinion, and that is that um, if you drive by there, you, you have three three off police officers on the Marlin Department on Charles Street, and you have three on Commercial Street. And the the reasoning I believe for that is because that if you have a uh, a site that requires two officers, you have to have a superior officer. That's why the the uh, the three of them are there. And uh, but I I would have thought, considering that that the makeup of the union, it isn't like fifty or forty or thirty years ago when the, when your dock workers are on strike or people with you know were, were turning cars over or they're having battles of the fisticuffs uh, between people that, that were working replacing the workers and so forth that. For the most part, the people who work for the gas company are local people, uh, career employees. And uh, anyway, 
I've been told that the patrolmen doing that, that detail are getting $108 an hour. And frankly, I could just visualize why, you, if you had to have three, why you wouldn't have one patrolman on Charles Street, one on Commercial Street, and one superior officer. The other thing is that um, I thought it kind of all ended at, uh, at when the strikers went home, but someone had mentioned to me that, uh, no, there's someone there at night, and I drove by um, on uh, Charles Street one night uh, coming from Anthony's, and I looked to the left, and there was a, there was a policeman in, a, in an SUV kind of vehicle off the off the street that must have been there to protect the potential vandalism that could occur, you know, if it were left unattended. But anyway, you know, my opinion is that uh, for having six six police personnel uh, guarding those gates is a little bit beyond what is necessary. And, uh, again, you know, ultimately those expenses that are being absorbed by management at this point um, – they're entitled to a fair return on their investment. That's and they have a right to petition the, uh, the uh, interstate or whatever and for rate increases. So indirectly, I think the public's going to pay for those police. But in the long run, once the once the thing gets settled, the same a lot of the expenses with Columbia Nash, Columbia Gas up in Lawrence and, and Andover, the same situation. Well, it'll be interesting this year. Sometimes they publish say the top hundred earners in the city. It'll be interesting this this year if they they publish that list. Well, uh, that's 2018. Big... There'll be there'll <laughs> some of the numbers will be mind-boggling, and 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 I think what will happen is you'll, you there might be some resentment. Well, what's just to let you know, there's a there was a law passed, and it's only as far as I know, only the Boston police have done it. Because you see now, or the state stadies, because one of the, uh, every once in a while you see another indictment where a state a state trooper pleads guilty. And they say he earned last year two hundred fifty-six thousand dollars. It's, 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 why would you send your kid to college uh, uh, to to get an education and he can make two hundred thousand dollars as a as a as a state trooper? My, my prediction to you, if you're using that figure two fifty-six, I think there'll be more than a handful of people in the three hundreds this year. Well, uh, all right, I'll give you uh, if I can wrap it up. Um, there's a state law that was passed which allows public safety employees. The request to the community, keep it. Tell this to the patrolman and mall. The request to the, the, and I think Marlin is would be, would fit in this uh, uh, group that they can request that their salary not be published. Really. So what happens is that when all those numbers come up, it could be that if you if you went through the Marlin list, they may not include the salaries and the overtime earned this year by those people. If that was the case, then they'll all request that then because they won't want those. That's right. And thank you for listening. I, I hope we've been informative and we, we, we rerun the shows in Saturday and Sunday and I hope you'll take the time. If you run into either myself or Greg, give us your input and your, your response to some of the comments that I've made. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.